0: Hi everybody. My name is Michelle Lightworker. If you haven't already tuned to season two of Enlightened Conversations, I'm always like a little kid in a candy shop whenever I turn up to do one of these beautiful, amazing conversations. I feel like I get to capture the wonderful wisdom that naturally comes through when I share sacred space with my guests that come onto the show. And I'm always getting goosebumps when I'm announcing them because it's as if spirits got a zip line to my body in, in how amazing it's going to be as well. My beautiful guest today is Raylene Byrne and I call her Rails just because we go way back and I, I probably will call her that as we're talking just naturally. And now I'm just going to give you a beautiful introduction for her, for some special words that she mentioned today. And I just want you to soak them in and you might even want to close your eyes just to hear what Rails has to say. Everything you need to know, you already have within. A statement made to Rails over three decades ago was the instant that changed her life. This has been her call to action, her stories, journey of passion to deliver that simple yet empowering awareness to others. As she embraced the new way of being, everything she thought was her was challenged and she finally accepted the purple sheep with pink spots feeling she had her whole life, it was a feeling she had her whole life, she just didn't fit into the flock of sheep that life was presenting. So have you ever felt like that? Because I know I have and automatically I feel this amazing connection with Rasp. Her soul's purpose of free will, supported by a willingness to bring consciousness and connections to mainstream audiences, and individuals has open pathways of life experiences travels opportunities really aligned with this purple sheet with pink spots <laughs> Simplicity in all things staying in the flow accepting that this life is a co-creative experience with whatever is present in any moment and helping people to embrace that self-knowledge is the greatest act of self-love. It is part of her expansive offering to life. So welcome Raylene Byrne. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste, never leave. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. That was so beautiful. And I couldn't help it. My My body was having goosebumps on steroids really by the end of that I was just like it was I was one big goosebump. thank you so much for sharing that beautiful beautiful expression of the energy that you bring into the world in action um I really admire your the steps you take I really admire the fact that you allow yourself to expand in so many different ways that you feel you are called to do um mm. from back in the early days over i think it was now going back probably close to over almost 15 years ago when i first yeah. met you about 15 uh, years yeah. yeah um i just remember wow uh i think I, we met when i was doing my zentai shiatsu with gwen right. williams at the Andina healing center um and initial connection but i've seen you travel this road of Absolute permission to <laughs> be exactly of service to um, what you just spoke about, which is that co creative experience of expansion with everyone. So I'm just privileged to have you here. I really am.
1: It's so inspiring us. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, listening to that, I was getting all emotional. It's really weird how, when you know what's coming from within you is reflected back at you. And, you know, the emotions it stirs up. So that's, you know, that's a truth bomb, isn't it? Or, you know, as Danielle reports, there's truth bombs. You know, when we hear and and resonate and feel truth, we do get these emotional, um, I suppose, ah ahas, you know, that give us permission to keep going. But, yeah, as you've said, um, you know, thank you for having me here to start off with. But, you know, this journey that you've watched and, and I've experienced, you've experienced too. God, you've been on a journey and a half. It hasn't been easy, you know. It's like as you would know, when everything in you is guiding you and telling you, you have to do something, it's your next step. But everything around you is not supporting that. It's really hard when you've got that that um, tug of war because our conditioning for such a long time in our early years is to be accepted by our society, be accepted by our tribe, be accepted by those around us. It's that sheep. And when you're a purple sheep with pink spots, you don't fit and you stand out. (laughs) And the questioning, you know, that comes up. So it has been a journey. And the thing I can say with it to anyone is, if you get to know who you are completely and you trust that, you'll never go wrong. And everything you do just keeps showing up, showing up, showing up, you get gifted. You have this communication and this beautiful um, connection to that part of you that is connected to something greater And something greater that we're a part of is not going to put us in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's going to put us exactly where we need to be. So, yeah, it has been a journey. um, Lots of ups and downs. But, you know, even just this last year, as I said to a few people, 2016 for me was one of the hardest years I've ever lived. Extremely hard. But I choose to look at it as the most liberating because it really stripped away a lot of um, the last few remnants of my life that I was hanging on to as a safety mechanism.
0: I really love that. I love that, um, you know, whenever we get together for a conversation, um, I love to connect with my people that come on the show. And we start having this enlightened conversation. And I want to press the record button. <laughs> and and we, we did this. And we. <laughs> we were talking about this top topic of really um surrendering and you know when things like you were just saying when things are really at its when you just feel like things are not going well or it's so hard and it's like that's the time when we have an opportunity to really step step up and believe that everything is serving us and be in that faith and and really realize that it's hard to do that when we feel like we're feeling going through the motions. Sometimes, um, you know, mm. when we're honouring ourselves,
1: isn't it? Oh yeah, it really is. And I'll, I'll share a little experience that happened to me last year. Um, I had this really strong calling last year. Just, is it okay if I share the story? Oh, go for it. Yes, you can Okay. I do um, a lot of other things besides, you know, spiritual mentoring and all that jazz. And there's a particular modality I've been studying for ten years, eight years, whatever it is. Anyway, I was in a course one day, and the, um, we we're talking about the, sub, uh, the emanation points on the planet, the things that our soul has to sometimes visit to bring up the memories and the gifts and uh, for healing. And this particular day, we were talking about the subconscious emanation point on the planet, and it it was Mount Agung in Bali, and um, this guy stood up in the class and he said, oh, I've climbed that mountain. It's the hardest thing I ever did. I vomited. I was dizzy. I passed out, all the rest of it. And my friend I was with, we looked at each other and went, You want to go? So we did. We had this thing around, right? If it's a subconscious emanation point. Let's go. Let's face it. Let's do it. So we ended up going. And, you know, when you think about it in a bigger picture, when people go to Bali, what do they do? They do things out of their comfort zone. They go and experience things out of their box. You know, there's so many opportunities. So we went on this journey. And this is the thing. I mean, I, we climbed the mountain. It was my the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but it was amazing. And that's a whole other story. But in the days leading up to us, because we were really tuned into, we're in the subconscious frequency and we were really surrendering to it and show us what's more, show me what's more, show me what else I need to look at, show me what else I need to work through, embody, embrace, discard, dissolve, whatever. And my friend I was with is a beautiful artisan craft person. And we happened to be in Coon. We went to this area and they were doing um, the traditional way of doing um, butting where they use the wax and you draw it on with these really funny little contraptions with the wax in it and then, you know, you paint over it. So she was all excited and I'm going to this will be fun and started to do it. And I had blobs and drips and drops and the whole thing was a freaking mess. And I was looking at it going, no, this is terrible. I can't do this. can't do it. It's too hard. And I gave up. I gave up. And I said to my friend, oh, you're really much better at this. You do it. I'll just sit over here and play over here. That's fine. And I didn't realize till we left when we were going back to um, where we were staying You know what? I actually gave up. I was so critical and so judgmental of something I was producing. I'd never ever done it before. It was completely new, yet I wanted in that moment perfection. And I gave up. And I realized, you know what? How many of us do this? You know, we think when the times get tough, you know, maybe I'm not meant to be doing this and I'll step away sometimes that moment just before the breakthrough is the hardest, darkest, loneliest place that you can be in. And then the breakthrough happens. And then it's a whole new level. But, yeah, in that moment, I really got it, and I won't say too much, but climbing the mountain, it was a 60, 70 degree up and down. It's nearly four kilometres high. And um, every single step, every single step was every every single thing in the in our unconscious subconscious that was trying to stop us to get us to turn back just to, to take rest to give up was up yeah. every single step so the walk up was hard yeah. but the baggage was so flipping heavy <laughs> that's yeah. what was and
0: it sounds like, so you did, the, did you do the back take before you climbed the mountain
1: yes yes yeah i so did that it
0: was, it's <laughs> kind of funny because it's like spirit was preparing you, um, mm-hmm. like to, to say, "Hey, um, how about how about you you do some batik and, and give up, and then have the realization that you could give up over something like that, and then take that to your to your client, so yeah. you, you that you're mindful that that's all it is. Thoughts. I know that they say thoughts create reality, but thoughts aren't reality. They're uh, they're reality in that moment if you if you want to indulge in them if you like. They're not the ultimate reality. You know, just because we have a thought, I can't do this, doesn't necessarily mean we can't do it. It just means we think we can't at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. And we can still try and go beyond that and say, I think I can't do this, but that doesn't mean I can't. That we can actually rework that and then take another step on the mountain like you did Mm -hmm. and prove that thought wrong because you just did it again. You took another step, right? Yeah. It's 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 a bit like that sometimes. Life is like a mountain. I like mountains, I like yeah. climbing mountains. I like yeah. I like to the top actually because the view's amazing. It is amazing. We we have we have such a, a bigger sense of reality when mm. we're at the top of the mountain looking at it and going, Wow. Because you did what? it. Exactly.
1: And you can see clearly. Mm. You did yeah, it. Yeah, you did <laughs> <laughs> And see, one of the things for me, see, I don't drink coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. I haven't been for like 20 years. And I don't eat bananas because I get tummy aches. So we get to the top of the mountain. This is a crack-up. And it's, it's how a thought and how you're connected embeds itself in your subconscious and it becomes your reality. So we get to the top of the mountain and the guide, beautiful guide that we had, there was only just the two of us and the guide. It was just perfect. He brings out this massive flask of hot, sweet Balinese black coffee and banana fritters. I'm gluten intolerant, don't eat bananas, and I don't drink coffee. And you're sitting up there. And in the meantime, as we get up there, when it got to a point on the mountain where it was like, oh, my God, I just can't go any further. And, we're, you know, I was actually my arms up why am i freaking doing this um all these monkeys mountain monkeys appeared so they sort of followed us up the mountain It was very bizarre and i know what that's all about anyway the guide gave us a cup of coffee each and banana fritters and i saw i'm at the top of the mountain look around i can see all of bali here you know what i'm gonna have some coffee and i did it was sweet black hot and i took one mouthful it was like nectar from the gods it was like this is the best thing i've ever had and then I thought, banana fritter, okay, I'll have one of those. And it was, young yeah, I've got kind of another one. <laughs> but in that moment, in that, moment I was, that subconscious thing was, you know what, maybe bananas aren't what affects you. Maybe it's the gas that they use to um, ripen the bananas. So just eat organic bananas. Duh, you know, it hadn't come to me before. So little things like that, how we put these things in place in our life and they become our barriers our, I don't do this and I don't do that. We've sort of almost become very, um, um, oh, what's the word I want to use? Not authoritarian. We become—it's like a medal that we wear. Oh, I don't do this and I've got this and blah 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 blah. But when you actually have to be in that space where it's all there is, you're not going to die. You climbed a freaking mountain. <laughs> <Hey>? <laughs> Pardon?
0: And you climbed a freaking mountain and.
1: You know it's like that's all there is exactly it's like exactly that's well, all there is do. yeah and then the funny thing is and this is another thing i don't drink alcohol uh, because of the work i do i'd really like to be clear and really aligned in any moment when i finished that mountain i came down and we went to a cafe and had a very late lunch looking across the paddy fields at the mountain that was just going up into the heavens and we looked up and as we looked up the clouds opened, and there was the peak where we'd been And I just, they came over. The cosmic joke was we could barely walk when we came down the mountain. It was so much hard work. And we're sitting in this cafe and they said, oh, it's, um, you have to go and get your own food. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. We're sitting down, we can't move. Uh, So they came out and said, is there anything we can get for you? And I went, yeah, give me a bintang beer and bring me a bottle of it. (laughs) So, and, and I sat there and enjoyed every single mouthful of it. It was beautiful. And in my head, the whole time was, Look at all the restrictions you've put in place in your life. And, yes, you've had good reasons at, time, at the time when you've done that, but is that still valid now? You know? So it's like when we, um, we're in our truth, when people say, you know, you've got to be in your truth. Yes, we can be in our truth, but our truth is always evolving like we are. So what's my truth today could be completely different in a month's time because I've had all these other experiences. My mind has opened even more. I've gone deeper in myself. So, you know, my truth has to change as I change. Mm.
0: I love that. I so love that because, see, one of my principles is open-mindedness. And for me, I, I said to my husband the other day, I, I have the 12 principles that I feel we all really vibrate on when we're becoming conscious, all of us. They're not exclusive to me, you know yes. what I mean? I yes. said, um, I can't imagine that the the, the, the 12 principles without that open-mindedness, we'd get judgmental and narrow-minded and dogmatic and um, puritanical and mm. polarised and, you know what I mean? Like we'd get yeah. black, we'd get white, we'd get extremist, you know? Mm. And I feel like, holy Wow, and I'm so grateful that Archangel Michael chucked that one in the mix because yeah. that, for me, is the embodiment. Seriously, I didn't drink for a long time, I, for mm. years. I think my, my husband a couple of years in, we didn't have any. And one day we, we, I don't know, it came about and we had a, a shed of a, a glass of wine and, and I said, I haven't, like, you know, it hasn't ruined my ability to stay connected to my higher power. Exactly. Oh God, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. And,
0: then, and, you know, I'd put a label on it because I'd been in, you know, abusive relationships were alcohol, alcohol inbo- involved. So I didn't want to go near it. You know what I mean? So I'd put yeah. a label on it too. And now I can enjoy whatever. And I'm still, I know I'm still in the connection. I mean, that's far more power, powerful than never having something because mm. I know I know when I'm in the connection. That's true honesty. Yes. And um, so... You know, I don't mix my alcohol with my work, but I can't take my enlightenment out of the alcohol. Yeah, you understand what I Yeah, I get I
1: don't
0: the go, Yeah, I don't go oh, I'm in denial and I'm going to have a drink today and then I'm going to have an enlightened conversation. I'm not I'm not doing anything like that. I want to make that really clear, but I do really know that I bring my intention for my enlightenment wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. Mm. I feel like that's the connection I have with spirit, though, I, yeah. I don't really I feel disconnected. I think in the beginning, I started off with the meditation stuff, mm. with that concentrated connection. But now it's just all the time, wanting mm. to just stay in that connection, no matter what. You relate to all
1: of that? <laughs> oh, I do, Michelle. And what I see, what I understand, what I've experienced is... Back in the 1980s, so this is my little history lesson here. Back in the 1970s, I mean, there's a lot of change going on anyway, globally and within ourselves. We were starting to wake up. We were the pioneers or the preparation was put in our way around your love, sex and rock and roll and all that jazz that was going on because it was a big shift from what was before it. And then beautiful um, Louise Hayes came along and she brought out her little blue book of yearling or whatever it was. It was all about affirmations. Fabulous. And really what that was when you look at it, its role was to start getting people to think about connecting to their own thoughts and their own feelings and how that was keeping them disconnected from life themselves and what they wanted to do in life. So it was a learning curve. And so a lot of us have been brought up with that. and We've used it. I used it a lot in those days. And as we've gone along, a lot of those lessons and those understandings, they're not something that we have to connect to. now. They become a part of who we are becomes a part of our beingness. We've absorbed it, we've embodied it, we understand it at core level. Our DNA and cells have to change with that because it's a different vibration. So we've been going through this. Now we're in a time now in the millennium, 2016, 2017, where not only have we just done a big end of a nine year cycle, this end of actually two nine year cycles was very powerful. This now is the time we really have to put everything that we've been absorbing, embodying, embracing and, and vibrating towards into practice and it's not a matter of i've got to connect every day to this it's a matter of i already am connected it's my beingness and i have to be attentive to my being and that's my consciousness and you know in science um i think it's bruce lipton i've done a lot of work with him he has said it's been proven scientifically that only we only spend five percent of our day consciously connected to life the rest of it we are going through like robots it's zombie. And I say, we're living in a world of zombies. You know Why are people worried about the zombie invasion, zombie? We're, we're surrounded by freaking zombies. So when you start actively waking up every day, going, I, today, I'm my aim is to be 25% consciously connected to everything I'm doing. Maybe today I wake up and go, today I'm, I'm turning everything off. I'm gonna be 100% conscious to every single thing in my life in every moment. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of discipline. But the more you practice it, it's like going to the gym and building up your muscles. The more you practice it, it's not something you have to do. It becomes who you are. And you just have to show up. And all the rules and regulations that we've put in our, in our way to help create discipline, and I see it as rules of discipline to help us stay true to that particular thing we're learning or growing through and becoming, they can then fall away because we've already got it. It's already who we are. Yes. That was a bit of Thank
0: you. Thank you, thank you. you. That is awesome. And that's why discipline, I I, I have a total reframe on that word as being, well, actually I've got a reframe on the word that I have insofar as it's just acts of kindness and acts of love that we do repeatedly and consistently because we know and we feel when we do those things in action. We feel loved. And so when, and you're right, when we do them, enough that discipline people say oh you're so disciplined you go for a 10k run it's like i love my 10k run i go meditate talk to them. i've got so much in you have no idea how much i'm doing in that it's, it's play time it
1: mm. doesn't feel
0: like oh i'm not mm. i don't just because i've got to the stage where i can walk when i want I'm not, i don't even have that oh i have to run at this and uh, how many kilometers and eh. it's just yeah. from my beach here to another beach and back right yeah and me that word discipline i love because it embodies you're right it embodies an opportunity to integrate Mm. love in action and when we integrate love in action seriously does change our DNA. we we don't have to try we don't have to be motivated we don't have to have willpower everything is just coming in and going yay i want to do that there's joy there's joy such a huge shift, isn't it?
1: And the thing too, you see, discipline. You know, people have got this, you know, discipline. They've got bad memories of it from school and parenting and all that jazz. But really, the other side of discipline is self responsibility. You know, you showing up and making the choices for you, because that's what you know. You're in a world is saying, "I need to do this for me, for my growth and my evolution and my expansion. I need to do this." So yes, it may look like discipline, but it's actually an act of self responsibility. And for me, you start showing up being self-responsible, then you show up with self-value, self-trust, self-belief, self-love, um, self-value. It's a key, a cornerstone. And that's some of the work I do is around those uh, aspects of self and where they lead to. So, yeah, you know, discipline, self-responsibility. If you're in the negative, it's discipline. If you're in the positive, you're taking self-responsibility. Simple.
0: Yeah, and look, I, I mean, I've reframed the word discipline because that was one of the principles that came through from Archangel Michael. So technically, I couldn't see it as a negative. Um, but um, responsibility is, is as well one of the principles. Mm. So it's funny how we're just naturally talking about them. Um, yeah. For me, the thing that came up was when I'm responsible, right, mm-hmm. just for my stuff, like just for my stuff, okay, people have got their stuff they've got to deal with too. because we're all on this learning journey but when i just take responsibility for my part for my stuff the bit the little bit that even the one percent that might Hmm. have contributed whatever it is um and i know we create everything but what i'm saying is you know when when we take on other people's stuff and we're over responsible and there's that shadow side where we just we're just so responsible for everything and we're so guilty and, and, and we're and we, and we, and we crushed underneath the responsibility that we chose to carry for everybody else. Uh, but when we take responsibility just for our bit, we take our power back because we're, not, we're no longer pointing the finger and, you know, like I look at this, like we're pointing a finger like a laser beam and all our energy is out of our body and it's being shot at somebody, blaming them. But what, what's really happening is, it's zapping us of all our power, like all that power that's in us. He's going mm-hmm. through that thing being zapped out. And so, so when we're, yeah, when we're
1: responsible, we take our power back. So look at what you just did with your finger like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Projecting out, but look at where the three fingers are pointing back at you. Yeah, exactly. That's but what, what you're I'm projecting wondering. out oh, is coming, you're actually getting it back three times. And the other thing I just wanted to say when you were talking about, you know, taking on responsibility everybody else, for everybody else, that's... I, for me, I don't see that as responsibility. I see that as conditioning and obligation. Yeah. Because self resp- real responsibility isn't we think I've got to be responsible for my kids or for this or that. No, we're there to guide people or guide people or inspire just by being who we are. Be responsible for yourself. And what we do for other people is a choice or it's an obligation. So if you don't like what you're doing for other people, or you're getting worn down, change it, you know. <laughs> It's up to you. It always comes back to you all the time. Self-responsibility is a very, as you said, empowering way to live because everything comes back to you, everything.
0: I'm glad you I'm glad you spoke to that, Rails, because the way I see it and, and, and most people in the caring profession wouldn't see it this way, but it is a little bit of a wake-up call when you realise that if you make it your job to fix or you think you have to fix or carry or, you know, make things better and help and help and help. When you think that you have to do these things in order for you to be okay or someone else to be okay, then you actually put yourself in a position of a higher power. You put yourself in a position control. of a higher
1: Yeah. It's called control.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, the shadow aspect of the higher power that's quite uh, doesn't realize it but it's quite dark and when you step out of that and you go well actually you know what who they are is none of my business when they learn it
1: it's none of my business
0: Mm. i can honor and treasure the pain the struggle the resistance and see it all as brilliant and genius
1: Mm. because
0: it's not until they actually feel their own pain feel their own struggle and, and 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 really feel that stuckness, do they want to shift? And so mm-hmm. it is actually that they get to feel that and we're not we're stopping, take, trying to take it away from them or we'll control it or, or carry it, you know?
1: Or even make them feel wrong for living their life. You know, I just wrote a blog the other day about this around, you know, um, spiritual, um, the way people see spirituality. And, you know, for me, the way I see it, it it's become... I hope it's changing the work I'm doing in the world. I'm hoping it's changing that with the business people, corporate people, because I'm giving them a, a different reference point for it. It's making it practical. But for a long time, the spiritual thing, there seems to be a segregation around it where, you know, oh, that person's very spiritual. Look at the way they're living. Or that person isn't. And that filters into a lot of aspects of thinking and judgment. So for me, I look at go back, right back to the very beginning and think, right. If we've already constructed our blueprint of our soul's experience in this life and all we're doing is trying to remember it and show up for all the things that we've decided that we wanted to experience and the people around us to help us remember, then if a person wants to lie on the couch all flippin' day eating peanuts, drinking beer, watching cricket and they know that that's who they are, isn't that a spiritual calling? Isn't that for them? being truthful and honest, this is who I am. I don't want anything else in life, this is it. So who are we to say, look at that person and go, oh, your life could be better. How do we know that's not what they've come to do, is just to be truthful enough to say, this is who I am right now, that's it. Absolutely. So I sort of, I go to that level and, and think, you know, we've got, for me, I try and strip away a lot of the, um, the illusion around what spirituality is. And as I said in my little thing, what if spirituality is actually the journey of self-knowledge and self-knowledge in action is the greatest act of self-love what if that's what it really is for the masses you know to get people waking up to get people to start looking at it's not foreign it's not something outside of them it's something that they have to do within themselves so you know looking at You know what people are doing and where they're at in life. As you said, I am not responsible for the outcome of anybody's life. My responsibility is to be truthful enough to myself. If they ask for help, of of course, I will hold space. They have to do it. And that's one of the things when I work with people, you know, I've had people say to me, oh, I've heard you can fix me. I wanna have a session with you. And it's like, well, I'm not the person for you. I don't fix anyone. I don't fix anybody at all. But I will reflect to you exactly what you can do to sort yourself out if that's what you want. So it goes down to tim Tax, you know, it's really basic stuff, but it's got to be simple. So, yeah, that whole depletion, when I see people who are women especially, depleted, worn out, exhausted from the obligation of family life and caring for everybody, and a lot of that is it's ingrained in them through DNA, it's ingrained through ancestral stuff, conditioning from life, their parents, what's gone on before them. And to break that mould is frightening. It's frightening because all of a sudden when that mould is broken, when I have to care for everybody and make sure everyone else is is fine and happy and healthy and all the rest, then all of a sudden I have to work out what I want for me. I have to spend time loving me and doing what I want. People, there are a lot of people terrified of that because they don't know where to start. And at the bottom line, they don't think they deserve it. Pretty harsh, I know, but that's what's going on.
0: Yeah, and I'll take it a step further as well, just with the fact that the people that we think we might, you know, need to rescue, or a bastards, you know, lying on the couch, freaking drinking their beer and eating their peanuts <laughs> and watching them, you know, all that, that stuff going on up there around them. Yeah. They, they could have contracted with us to play that part so that yeah. we'd frustrate the shit out of us. Yeah. So that, Get off our asses and start to tap into what our true infinite exactly. potential is. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, then that also helps us get back out of waiting for someone else to get their shit together before we that's actually true. take action.
1: Bingo! That's it. And that's one of the biggest things in life is I hear with so many people when I have enough money, or when my partner does this, or when my kids leave home, blah, blah there's always a reason. And it's like, you know what? What if you only had a week to live? what are you going to do? Oh, well, well, you know what? Treat every day as this is your last day. Do what you want to do. Love what you're doing. And if there's stuff you're doing you don't love, then you've got to ask yourself, why am I doing it?
0: How is it can I, can I, yeah, can I speak to that, please? Because yes. about five minutes ago, I had this thing come through that I was like, oh, sh- I, I really want to talk to Raul's about that. Yeah. Um, the something I went through myself, um, which is all about, and it's really, really topical, like it's really big um, yep. in, the, in the spiritual community, but not only in the spiritual community, in every community, like in mm-hmm. everyone. Is this, this this idea of branding
1: oh. and
0: branding self. I actually, you know what? I've got an image of a cow allowing itself to be branded. Yeah. Okay? And yep. I feel like for me that if you choose a certain... Level of branding to represent who you are, and it doesn't actually allow you to completely step into all of who you are. Then my my, my feeling on that would be that your branding would need to evolve and change and grow with you, or you haven't cho- you know you haven't chosen the right branding, or you've chosen the right branding enough to a point that tells you that you need to shift and change because you've hit your head on the ceiling. You, mm. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: I'm Absolutely. You've got juices in your tank about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll share this story. Um, I'm not good with networking. I don't like it. I find for me, the way I look at it, and bless those who do it and love it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. People really get off on it, and that's great. For me, because of my free will nature, I look at a lot of the networking stuff as you've got to put yourself in a box, and people will only see you in that box. That's all they're going to see you as. It's like... People who get married have been in a long-term relationship, and then one of them wants to go and do something different, and the partner goes, "Oh, I didn't know that you were interested in that." And it's like, "Yeah, well, I've changed. I'm growing," you know. So, so back at this network thing, I went there, and oh, sorry, it was just—it's such a bad memory. And you're preaching to the converted. You're preaching to the converted. I, I, mean, I just want other
0: people. Network events last year, at, and it was towards the end of the year, and they were. Really things I wanted to go to, but I, yeah,
1: I get you. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> so I watch people, you know, they had to do their one minute elevator speech. And for me, it's like, how on earth can you give another person an impression of who you are in all your complete total self in one minute? How do you do that? But it's a concept that people think they can do. So I listened to all these people stand up and give their little blurb. And it was all wonderful and fascinating. And the woman next to me who took me, I just rolled my eyes and went, I so hate this shit and so she lovingly wrote out on a piece of paper for me and slid it across and she said just stand up and say that and I read it and I thought oh yeah that that reads really nicely (laughs) and then I got to my turn and I just turned the paper over and I stood up and I look I said this has been great to listen to all of you and you're passionate and you love what you're doing that's fantastic now for me I cannot put myself in a box, put a label on myself because I'm evolving every single day. Every morning I wake up, there's something different about me. I've changed. So I am not going to put myself in a box today and be stuck in that. I'm always evolving. However, love to hear what you guys are doing. Anyway few teacups and saucers and so that sort of crashed around a bit and in the break my the person i was with said oh you're going to have all these people come and give you their cards and i said i guarantee no one's going to come near, near, near me they're going to be frightened because i just represented something that shattered their world and i didn't mean to do it as a troublemaker or, you know the devil with the horns that was not what i was doing i was being truthful so um nobody came near me that was fine um but that's my whole thing and, and as i said to you before we started one of the hardest things for me to do is when people say, send me your bio. It's like, oh, God, who I was five years ago is not who I am now. My achievements and everything I've done through life have led me to this moment, and this moment's leading me to the next. So there's so much change and evolution and expansion and growth. I don't want to keep carrying old stuff with me because I'm sh- I'm shif- we're all shifting all the time. So... To put yourself in a box those people who can do it that's great but what happens you start getting limited and you start to feel stuck and you start to feel resentful and then you want to give up because whatever it is you grow and you can't outgrow a box that you put yourself in so you know if you if you want to label yourself like in my case i've got my tagline you know raylene Venice, medicine for your spirit that covers everything for me absolutely everything I can do books, meditations, events, retreats, all sorts of stuff. Oh, there's no limit to that. Medicine for your spirit. Our spirit is unlimited. So for me, that's, that's how I address my life. Now, I'm not saying it's for everybody. Some people need to have one thing and be focused on it. And I'll, I'll explain why. I'll tell you why this works for people. So what you all have to imagine is if you're going to a dark room or a cave, it's pitch black and you turn on a torch So you're holding a torch in your hand and you turn it on and you shine it at the opposite wall. What do you actually see? Now, most people say, oh, you see, you know, the light on the wall. Actually, what you see is the origin of the light, that being of light going and hitting the wall and seeing the outline of that light. So you've got a being, a ray of light. It's very direct, very focused. That is how our thoughts are, limited. It doesn't see anything else around it. It's just got one way. And that's how we manifest. Focused intent, focused thought on one thing. Keep the thought, keep the thought, keep the thought. Keep it. You know, nothing else can exist but that one thing. But what happens when you're doing that and you're doing it for manifestation or whatever, that one thought, what you're doing is you can only bring into your reality what already exists because manifestation is about what exists, bringing it to you, magnifying it or magnetising it to you. If you go into that same room or cave And it's pitch black and you light a candle. What happens? You have light. It emanates in all directions. It goes everywhere. So you actually see a much bigger picture. You see it in all directions. For me, that represents emotion. And that's how we create. We have to have access to all possibilities and all potentialities. And we can only see that when we become the flame and radiate or emanate in all directions. And that for me is why I can't be put in a box because if I'm put in a box, I become one tract. But if I can be live my life as the flame, then I can emanate in all directions and create things that do not exist. Creation is about birthing something that doesn't exist. So this is the, a really simple analogy for people. If you wanna manifest, be the torchlight. If you wanna create, be the flame.
0: Thank you. And maybe we, what we need to do is when we're in the cave, you know, in the initial early days of our um, awakening, we, we we fumble around in the dark, we find the torch, we go, oh, crap, there's a torch. And then we go, oh, no, there's no battery. So then we fumble around, we look for the batteries in the dark, you know, probably hit ourselves a few times, may fall over. Uh, we finally find the batteries, we put them in, then we realise we put them in the wrong way, so then we've got to put them in the right way, and then we switch the torch on, and then we see the wall, and then we go the light. The, then we find the candle, you know? Then we find the candle with the torch, yeah. you know? Like, so sometimes we we have to be focused on one thing before we can actually exactly. allow to see the candle. And, mm. and so, just because you've got goals and you're trying to manifest and you're trying to, you know, brand yourself into one area, what have you? It's not the end of the world. It's just the beginning. It's
1: um, the beginning, exactly. Mm.
0: Not, it's not that you know you've made it and you're a success. It's that you're allowing yourself to step into your infinite potential, your candle, your light, your expansion. Um, mm. And so, you know, it's it's keep an open mind about that, guys. Like as you're watching this, is that you know um, you do get to a point where if you if you if you do brand yourself a certain way, you will start to feel resentful. I've been through it myself. Um, mm-hmm. Where you know, because enlightenment covers everything, and so then I'd be up. Um, it'd be kind of like you know, you're with people that want to specialise in something, and then you start talking about it, and then and then they get a little bit oh oh because I'm talking about it because they're the specialist. But it's like, hey guys, but my like like you, metaphysics and spirit, enlightenment covers every topic. It doesn't limit itself. So mm. I go wherever I need to go with it and it will come through. It's just the way it is. And so and, you, yeah, I think there's something in that is to realise that even if you were talking to somebody that specialises in a certain mm. way, like at, at that networking meeting, you know, the one minute elevator pitch and you've just learnt that one thing about them. Yeah. And it's like, well, there's so much more than that. So exactly. you don't go I heard one thing so i'm not going to talk to that person you know like it's like well actually maybe there's some more to this person and then it's like okay and then we we then allow ourselves to see and um tap into the infinite potential of other people as well and it's like us getting together it's like you know well we're we're pretty bright little sparks with our own thing but you put two of us together and it's just like, Pam, There's more flame, you know. It lights up the, the room. The bonfire, love. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got more people bringing their candles into the mix, and then you've got more people, and it's like, holy cow! And then we're all creating like an illuminated um, uh, energy. Yeah. That, that that builds and is extraordinarily powerful. And I mm. did oh, you know because you. I mean. On, on, on a physical level, on a physical level, even with all your beautiful sacred ceremonies that you do, and your beautiful—you have candles everywhere, and grids, and um, mm. beautiful uh, walks, spiral walks, and and, and, and beautiful uh, processes to 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 really physically represent what we're talking
1: about. Mm. Well, experiences. I do those things to have experiences. So there's two things I want to touch base on here. I'll talk. Remind me of the experience thing in a minute. The whole, um, what you were saying about branding and all that, that was the old paradigm. That was a very mental paradigm of how you grow your business, grow yourself, whatever. It was very, very mental. And up until the end of 2012, we had a mental system on the planet for 5,000 years. And we've been conditioned to live in that mental aspect. And then at the end of 2012, the energy flipped and we've got this feminine frequency that we're trying to get used to. That's why there's so much going on. Um, and it's all about wisdom. It's tapping into the wisdom within, and it's allowing nature to show us and support us. So we're coming back to that. But in that old paradigm, we were taught all that stuff. What I've noticed, um, and as you and I know, Michelle, I can't follow rules. <laughs> I don't. I have to follow the the journey of the energy that is coming through me, and that energy has no bounds and it has no rules. It's just moving. It's in constant movement. So. When um, this old paradigm came to an end, basically, and what I've noticed is people still trying to grab onto that or still trying to do that old way, it's so hard. They're really struggling with it and even to, as you've said, identify one thing that they're really, that's what they want. It's like some people now are going, well, that's sort of what I want, but what if I want more? So we're going through this. There is a lot of questions and a lot of stuff going on in people at the moment around... um, be that branding type of thing because, as you said, it is, once the brand's on, it's there. It's like a tattoo. Once it's there, it's there forever. Even if they can laser it, it's still there. So um, there is a change coming and I'm, I'm noticing, and I'm not into the business stuff, I mean, I'm running, trying to run my own business, but I'm aware of it because I deal with a lot of business people, is there's a big shift going on with wanting to align with what makes them feel better. How can I trust my intuition is what I keep getting told. How do I know it's not ego? What, you know, I just want to know that what I'm doing has value for me and what I'm contributing. What is really my soul's journey? I'm getting all these questions all the time. So that process is starting and the old way cannot box it. It cannot house it. It cannot contain it anymore. So there has to be a whole new way of marketing, branding, whatever, and the new pioneers coming up they're coming out, and it's it's more expansive. It's what we're doing. It's conversations. It's um, sharing information, eBooks, books um, you know, stuff on Facebook. This is the new way because it's more expansive. So the old way, yes, it has its mer- It had its merit, but it's not sitting as comfortably with most people now. So we are seeing that start to move away. You understand?
0: Right. I I really get that. (laughs) That makes so much sense for me in my world as well. And um, I I just want to say to people, like, you know, um, be proud of your tattoos um, that you've been in your sleep. Even if they look like, you know, you can't come back from them. I know I've dealt with, um, you know, sex workers and, you know, it's all served a purpose for our enlightenment, the whole journey, the whole whole. I used to work for Nestle Confectionery and, and, and Lifesavers, you know, chocolates yeah. and lollies.
1: I'm yeah. a recovery
0: reader. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, it's kind of funny that I used to work for those companies. But, you know, they were great. They,
1: right. um, Everything serves a purpose. Nothing wi- is without purpose, you know, and that whole thing, like, as I said, with tattoos, I've got tattoos. I'm going to get more. I like them because they represent something significant to me in a time in my life that I actually want to have this is my memory around this breakthrough or this shift or this new um, level of consciousness. That's how I do it. Yeah. It's not for everyone, but, there's you know, it's just how we are. But the other thing I want to say is the experience you said about all my lights and my labyrinth of light and all that jazz. Um, I'm really big on creating experiences for people. So that's why I, I spend a lot of time doing those, as you said, all those ceremonies and make them look beautiful and spend a lot of time and energy creating um, intentions in it and all the rest of it. Um, because when you have an experience and you feel it, you see it, you're a part of it, you feel it, it stirs things up in you, you have a new reference point. And so whatever goes on in life, you have reference points to various things that came up for you. So you can go to that. You don't have to go back into 20, 30 years go, oh, you know, I did all that or what was that about? You've got a current reference point. Go to that place and build from there, grow from there, because that's your new experience. That's what I'm really big on, is helping people have that to create that new step for them.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, ceremonies are such powerful um, Mm -hmm. statements of not only integration, like when you want to integrate something and people often say, oh, this has been coming for a while and then they they step into a ceremony and they integrate it. But it's it's definitely a landmark for new beginnings and giving people that clean slate of a fresh start as well and a fresh intention. So, um, you know, it's very powerful extraordinarily powerful especially for people that really physically need to to experience things um and I, the power of the people coming together also is extraordinarily uh rich and incredible and supportive and it, it validates your experience when you see you can you can see that other people are really being moved as well and it, it's like they're the mirror of your soul and spirit and so There's a lot of that that happens as well but um yeah yeah, it it is it is a a wondrous a wondrous uh life that we have that there's so many possibilities there's so many directions where we we can go if we allow ourselves and give Mm -hmm. ourselves permission to know that that is an ever-growing journey it is for everybody for everybody for ourselves and Mm -hmm. for everybody We are not our stories but we are our stories and we can embrace those stories as well you know like you could say oh that's just i'm not going to leave my story anymore Well, okay got that don't have to leave the old paradigm but you can integrate it learn from it and say you know what that's part of my story and i'm proud of it because then because then it means in the power of it it's not like trying to push away something that it actually happened um so you might as well might as well be okay with it um but um yeah it's 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 very powerful stuff and and um I just wanted to make sure that anything coming up for you this year you can share and because I know we're kind of getting I know it's gone very quickly but okay, getting... so
1: I I'll just I'll tell you what coming up. I just want to say one thing we talked about it before we came on there about that surrender the new way in 2017 so the little story and it's not a long story um, I was sitting with a group of people one day at a coffee shop and one of the women I was with was really broken she was basically saying Oh, you know, I just don't know anymore, I just don't know, I can't even think about what to do, I don't even know what there is. And as she said that, this baby swallow that was at a nest above us because we were outside, it actually fluttered and it fell down and landed right next to her hand. And it flipped and flopped and flipped and flopped and then it just took off and flew. And the two parent birds took off straight after it. And in that moment watching, because I'm a really big person to look at nature and what's it showing me, what's it teaching me, what's the lesson. And um, I really got it. We talked about it that day. I I said to them, I think we've just been shown a new way of being, existing in 2017, and that is take the step, take flight, and the support system, the safety net will appear behind you because as soon as you commit to you, I believe in myself, I trust myself, I know I can do this, and you take that step, everything will come in to support you. But what we've done in the past, the old paradigm is, show me what's ahead show me plan b plan c plan d and then i'll take the move so we have to start trusting ourselves enough to go okay this is what i really need to do for me and i know the support will be there i'm taking off so it, it was just a really beautiful thing so that's what i've been doing and i'll tell you what it works as soon as you say this is what i'm doing bang support phone calls emails all sorts of stuff come in. it's crazy but it's beautiful so what have i got coming up gee it has gone fast hasn't it Uh, Okay, so my website is www.raleneburn.com. I've got meditations and e-books and stuff on there. Um, for this year, I've got a few webinars and online courses coming up and one starting, I think it's around about the end of April, early May, is uh, raw, real empowered self-love, the nine fundamental elements that take you towards that. And there's a beautiful process that I give with it. It's a, a contemplative process. It's like a meditation, a journey. And once you get it, it's very simple. You can actually work out in any day or week or month, which part of those nine elements are not being not strong enough? Because you can't get to self love until you have everything in place. And for me, the whole love thing when people say, "Oh, you've got to love yourself more," I want to, I'm going to, swear, I want to slap people sometimes. Go, what does that mean? What does it mean? So you know, you have to understand that the elements to engage in self love in yourself are already there in place, and to activate them, to actually acknowledge them. Once you actually do this journey, then you know if some part of you is down, so let's say you've got um, self-respect isn't great, then you would go to the two elements on either side that support it and you'd work on them because as they grow, it brings that one up. So it's a really simple process and it gets you away from all the stuff you've got going on in your head about whether you deserve love, whether you're enough, it gets you right out of that. It takes you in a fifth dimension level. Um, So I've got a lot of other things coming up on my, uh, my YouTube channel which will be on my website as well. Um, some teaching, some courses, quite a few webinars coming up. Uh, I've got a, an e-book coming out later in the year and it's about raw, real, empowered self-love. And I've got retreats, one to Bali, and it's dealing with the subconscious stuff. Every day is facing something that, and you know, a little everyday things. Say, for example, creativity. You're going to put somebody in that moment of creativity, like I did with that fatigue um, thing, and all your weird subconscious stuff around not good enough I can't do this I've never done this before it all comes up so it's a whole seven day retreat every day is facing one aspect of the limitations of our subconscious and showing you how to get through it um, lots of fun as well and there is a mountain to climb you're not going to climb out of Gorm, but there's another one to climb uh, and we're going to do the temple with a thousand stairs as well because that's an amazing process to go through with all of this I do lots of other yummy things um and meditations and events and you know labyrinth of light and i do have a membership program that's starting after this new moon um in january called the labyrinth of life and it is the beautiful walk back to the the space of who you are that real centered knowing trusting intuitive creative sovereignty of self but we all and even me We all need support at times. We all need to have someone's gentle hand on our back just to keep us on our road. You know, come on, you can do this. And that's what that um, membership is about. And it's a a lot, every week there's something going on. So, you know, jump onto my website, have a look, write me a letter, whatever. Um, I'm really there because I really want people, my journey, as I said in the beginning, or as Michelle said in the beginning, is to bring this to, you know, individuals, group situations, um, big audiences, for people to actually realise it is up to them. It is up to them. You know, 10, two little words that I'll leave you with. If it is to be, it is up to me. Put that on your mirror and look at that every morning. Oh, and one other thing. Every morning after you clean your teeth, do it for a month and see what happens. Clean your teeth. Look at your look in your eyes in the mirror and say out loud everything I need to know I already have within. It's a really great Love it. that,
0: Miles. Love, 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 love that. Mm. Thank you so much for joining
1: us. And- oh, you're welcome. Bless
0: seriously been an absolute joy um i love being in the energy of passionate um people that are living their truth in an expansive way Mm. and are very and have the conviction of themselves to be able to say say how it is um and not not bullshit and no and and not muck mince words um, oh, and I love your stories, too. You can never, don't ever apologize for stories. I'm, I'll be just sitting there going,
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> They're all learning tools, so, you know. <laughs> Thank you so much for the opportunity. Bless, and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much, beautiful. Lots of love. love.